Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Before we get started on this week's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about BOF Professional, our global membership community from the business of fashion, which keeps you up to date with everything you need to know about the global fashion industry. For a limited time, we are offering BOF podcast listeners an exclusive 25% discount on an annual BOF Professional membership. For more details, click on the episode notes. Kim is the queen of social media, and she's pretty much taught the rest of us in my family how it's done. And I've always done what's felt right, not really worried about what I think the consumer wants, but instead kind of guide them with what I want. My business philosophy to anyone has always been, if someone says no, you're talking to the wrong person. Could the businesses continue without the television show? Social media really is its own show. You can have a business with or without being visible on TV. One business doesn't cannibalize the other at all, and they have two completely different fan bases. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF Podcast. This week, we're taking you back to Los Angeles, where we recently held our inaugural BOF West Summit. I had the opportunity to speak with Kim Kardashian West and her momager, Kris Jenner, who closed our inaugural BOF West Summit. Kim and Chris spoke about how they have been working together as a family to turn their influence into a formidable product business, as well as some of the challenges they have faced along the way in terms of having their businesses taken seriously. So here's Kim Kardashian West and Chris Jenner at BOF West. Hi, everybody. What a beautiful day. It is beautiful. The sun was beating down on people. It's still beating down on a few people's faces over there, but... We're so happy to be here in Los Angeles to have this conversation with you. 
And uh, I want to. It's the first time I'm seeing my store, you guys. Oh, yes. I Look, haven't it's going to be right yet. there. KKW Beauty Pop Up. Woo! Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's coming. <laughs> um, but I, I want to have a serious conversation with the two of you today because I think uh, very often all of the work that you're, you've been doing isn't taken seriously. So I've, I've thought. Really? Yeah, well, I just think people are dismissive of, you know, reality television and social media and selfies. And you know, when, when I think when they used to be. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I will argue with you on that. Okay, one. so tell me why. I just think that after fifth, we start filming season sixteen next week, and we've had maybe fifteen spinoffs. So that's like twelve years on the air. I think after that long, they kind of, you know, start to respect it. Chris, what do you think? I think that it's become part of just in many different ways with from the influencers that are here today and the way that social media platforms are perceived. It's a huge part of our culture. And I think it is taken very seriously and it's a huge part of the way business is run today. I mean, and I get that it wasn't though. Yeah. I do get that. I mean, that, there was a time. Surprised. Sure, I think but some people are still skeptical. You know, they understand the reach, they understand the influence, but I think what's, you know, what's most remarkable about, about you know, what I've learned in, in the last few conversations that you and I have had, Kim, is that you know, you've taken that influence and reach and you're really building a business. You know? And that's, I think, the ability to interact directly with your customers and to like, get feedback from them and listen to them, that, that is a new kind of business. Yes, for sure. So let's talk about the business because one, one of the things I wanted to hear from you is how how do you think your beauty business is different from the traditional beauty businesses? The ones that are, you know, many of them are run by middle-aged white men. They um, don't necessarily have, you know, broad definitions of beauty, and they don't necessarily have the direct relationship with the customer. How do you think your business is different from the, like, the, the brands that have been around forever? Well, I think definitely with social media, you can have a direct-to-consumer business, and if you market yourself the right way and promote it the right way, then you can have a really successful business, something that I don't think people assumed was even possible five years ago. What about the notion of what beauty is, right? So like sometimes when I'm flipping through a fashion magazine, even now, you flip through and there's almost a formula about the way these brands communicate. You know, how does your brand communicate differently from, say, the traditional, in terms of the image it projects? Well, I don't really look at the traditional forms of what I'm seeing in magazines. I just kind of do what I want to do, and I've always been really confident in the image that I want to put out there. Whether it's, I mean, when you have your own business and you really 100% control it, you can choose the photographer and the images and the look and, you know, every last detail that you want to do. So when you have your own business, I mean, that's just what I've done. I've always done what's felt right, what feels good, not really worried about what I think the consumer wants, but instead kind of guide them with what I want. And I think if you have your own business and it's really run by social media, you can have the power to do that. Mm -hmm. Some people say you've also influenced the ideals of beauty, right? So if, well, yeah, so like, you know, the, the notion, even in back to that formula in the magazines, it's the same kind of woman. You know, 
you're projecting a different image of beauty, people say. How do you respond to that? I mean, that's really exciting to me and flattering because even though I'm not planning that out, I mean, I, I remember when I was growing up, the kinds of women that I looked at and I looked up to, I mean, when Selma Hayek came on the scene, it was like over. I was so excited. There was someone that I felt like, even though we're not the same nationality, but I, was, I looked similar to her and that was someone that I would go to for beauty advice. Just, I remember at the time it was prom and I wanted to figure out what hairstyle I wanted. So I would look at her red carpet looks. So I'm just proud that there's such a diverse language and beauty and in my campaigns I use so many different women to sh you know hopefully that there's someone out there that looks like one of them and wants to emulate that look or get some beauty tips and advice from something that maybe they would see in one of my campaigns yeah the the beauty tips and advice are also linked to the types of products you're selling so you launched with contouring kits right and uh we had an educational session where uh, Kim explained to me what contouring is, but it's, it's that kind of um, product focus also that's different. Instead of launching with you know, a whole smithereen of uh, different products and products that were quite similar to what you can get elsewhere, you launched with a kit. How, did, how do you make that kind of product decision? I knew from the start that I always, no matter what my look is, whether I'm doing a no makeup look or a really heavy glam look, contour was just constant. So that for sure was just the first product that I wanted to launch with. And I learned from my sister Kylie that she launched just lips in her Kylie Cosmetics and that did really well for her. And I felt like my makeup artist Mario and I had worked so long creating so many different looks for the past like 10 years, but contour was always constant. So for me, I took, I learned from my little sister to just maybe start with one product and that, that seemed to really work and just building off of that. It worked so well that you sold over 300,000 units of your contouring kits, I think in the first 24 hours, turning over $14 million. Right, so I couldn't think, when I heard that, I couldn't think of a business that's launching on its first day that makes that much money. How, how do you think about how much to produce? Like, how did you come up with the, the number 300,000? And how, does that, how has that changed over time as you've, you've picked up on how demand works for your products? It definitely is a learning process. And I learned from when Kylie and I launched our lip together. Um, we, had, we have a lip collab and... Um, I gauged it off of those numbers. So I was a bit more conservative than those numbers just to test it because contour and teaching people how to contour and what it is and getting your, your correct shade, you do have to educate a lot. So it was tricky, but um, when you have a, a business that's all online, it is tricky, it is risky, it is um, difficult to gauge that and we're still always gauging that. But when a product sells out, it's the most gratifying feeling in the world. And on launch days, me and the team were on the computer, checking all the numbers, seeing what's selling, and it's so much fun. Do you ever regret not ordering more though when it sells out? Or is scarcity part, you know, with the whole drops model, maybe this is from like Kanye and Yeezy and the way that whole streetwear market works, but they, you know, they put out a little bit of product and it sells out and people want it more. Does it, is there like, that kind of psychology in the thinking? 
Not as much with makeup, just because I always want people to be able to get it, but I think it has helped. You just don't want to over-order, and I think we've so far done a good job at gauging the perfect amount. I mean, obviously, it's never going to be perfect, but it's, it's exciting when it sells out, and then I, I always try to reorder it quickly, unless it's really just an exclusive product. Like with my fragrances, sometimes I won't be reordering that again. So, just because you only want it to be available once. Yeah, I mean, I had these like Valentine hearts, and I just wanted them for Valentine's Day, and it was no real need to live on the site. So my, my funner products that are like holiday-based, I think will just be exclusive just for that time period. Okay, so the other thing that I'm really curious about is how the two of you actually work together. So, you know, there is this impression out in the world um, that, you know, you, Chris, are this behind-the-scenes mastermind, you know, calculating and knowing exactly what to do to get attention. Um, you know, you have this you know, vested I don't know in. where you got all that credit from. It's like, well, that's I'm, what I wanted I'm, to ask. Is it I'm true? I'm the mastermind. No, okay. I, it's, it's me <laughs> telling it, my sisters what to do. Not today, Kim. <laughs> not today. Well, what, so, well, how do you see it, Chris? Like, you, you work with all your kids mm -hmm. on their different endeavors, and they're all doing well in different areas. Like, how do you see your role? You're not involved in the day-to-day, -day, but you're involved in some way or another. Like, how do you describe what you do? Well, I'm definitely involved in the day-to-day -day because we work together every single day. We work on, if we're not filming Keeping Up with the Kardashians, we're working on Kim's fragrance and makeup and Kylie's brands, and it goes on and on. But um, I think that the girls are all so creative, and they know exactly what they want. And the last thing that they want to hear from me is what a lipstick, you know, component would look like. So I think for me, my job is really to lead in the direction of where their passion is, how to figure out what a business might look like, help get it off the ground, help keep it running with a great team behind me, and let them do their creative thing. And I mean, Kim is the queen of social media, and she's pretty much taught the rest of us in my family how it's done whether it's you know solving a crisis, putting out a fire, or simply, um, I remember when there was just Twitter, and that's all I knew about. There wasn't Instagram, there wasn't all these other social media platforms, and Kim was launching a fragrance, and she went on Twitter and posted two pictures of a fragrance bottle that was black and pink, and she said to her fans, do you guys like the light pink or do you like the dark pink? And I was like, what are you doing? You're asking on Twitter how to make a perfume bottle? And she goes, yeah. And she had millions and millions of responses and picked the bottle that her fans liked. And that fragrance sold out in minutes because she, you know, did that. And there wasn't, it wasn't even an e-com product. It was in stores for a minute and people were lining up to get it because they felt like they had been a part of that process. So Kim teaches me something about e-com and social media every day, but my job is really to keep it all going, keep you, the train running. So when you're keeping the train running, like what's your, do you have like a business philosophy or like a, an approach that you pass on to, to, to the 
to the girls saying like, this is how you should think about building a business? Well, I think, I mean, my business philosophy to anyone has always been if someone says no, you're talking to the wrong person. So just never give up. And if you have an idea and you feel passionate about, you know, doing that as a business and that's what you want to do for the, you know, really make a commitment, then let's go figure out how to do it. Let's roll up our sleeves and find somebody that shares the same joy. I mean, it really gives me incredible joy to be able to find these different things that the girls like to do and go out there and figure out a way to do it. It's, it's very, very exciting. My mom runs a really tight ship, so working for Kris Jenner is a really difficult thing. Like, what's I don't most, think I could do it. What's the most difficult thing about it? She just is really demanding. She wakes up at 4.30 in the morning, and um, she ends her day at about 6 p.m. with a glass of wine, so you have to get everything in between 4.30 and 6 p.m., or she's not having it. Wow. Okay. She's just really tough. Okay. How how did you how did you start becoming a manager in the first place? I mean, wh who was the first person you managed, and how did that happen? Well, the first person I managed was in 1990, I guess, and that was Bruce Jenner. Okay. And I did that because I had to figure out a way to feed my kids, so you know, and make a living and pay the rent, and so it was a necessity, and I figured it out really fast, because there were a lot of kids. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S O. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And what were you doing with, with Bruce at the time? He was, um, he had some experience in um, doing motivational speaking. And so um, I said, you know, I think this would be a great way for you to go out and get back out there and kind of work on your speech, write a book. And in those days, there was no, there was barely, I barely had a computer. We were, do, we were using a typewriter. So we, got, we did press kits and made copies, like 7,000 by hand, and sent them to every single speakers bureau in the country right. and waited for the phone to ring. Right. And it worked. So we started a tour. And so then that, that evolved into becoming a manager. Just managing the whole process, managing the speaking engagements, managing you know, a lot of other, several other people. And then as my kids got older and... Um, we started doing our television show. It just exploded that way. Got it. So uh, another thing that struck me, and you, you, you mentioned uh, Kylie earlier, but so you have these girls, they're all doing their own thing. What if, what if they get into competing categories? Like how do you, how do you guys, I know, so Kylie does lip kits and you did the contouring kits. Like one day is there, a collision where you're doing the same products? Or do you sit around a table saying, okay, I'm gonna do this stuff and you're gonna do this stuff? Because it all seems very well. We do map it out. We do have meetings. We, we don't have There's meetings about formulas and specific products and packaging. But if, like I just launched lipsticks and so she has lipsticks. So we make sure that the formulas are completely authentic to me and her formulas are authentic to her and we run them like they're two totally separate businesses but we do have communication over our timeline and our launches so nothing is too close and we make sure that our formulas are nothing alike so that we just never run into that problem and if there's something that we really both had our eyes set on we would collab and do it together okay i think too that um one business doesn't cannibalize the other at all, and they have two completely different fan bases, which is very, it's interesting. Right. Um, what about that roadmap you mentioned? So when you say there's a roadmap, 
Chris, what does that roadmap look? I'm just really curious how, because back to the being the mastermind, like how does that all work? Well, it's, it's, it's a, a document that's, that lists everything the girls are going to do, for example, for the rest of the year in so products. So you have a master document. And, and we add to it and, you know, subtract from it and make sure that one thing doesn't, you know, get in the way of another and that it makes sense. And, you know, you really have to put some, some you know, heavy lifting into exactly how you're going to roll things out and what makes sense for each girl's brand and who's doing what. And, you know, it's a daily conversation. It's a, it's a you know, a big deal because they have so many things going on. So every day... I'll come to work and I feel like I'm working for a different company or a different brand. It depends on what needs to be done. But I think for me, um, and dealing what, with what we deal with internally as a family, we have to have a spreadsheet basically on who's doing what, when, so it's all smooth. Whiteboards all over the office. Really? Yeah. I'd love to see those. They, they must be quite expensive. They're top you secret. Do, they're top secret. Yeah. You do a lot of different stuff. What happens when we've all been privy to the disagreements that sometimes crop up in a family, right? What happens when those kinds of disagreements spill over into the business? So, you know. Has that ever really happened? If it is, we do always call my mom. And then? We yell at her and make her handle it. Yeah. I'm always putting out fires. I'm like a fireman. <laughs> yeah, th that was one of my questions. With an actually. a really big extinguisher. Well, so, so what, what's the biggest fire you put out recently? That you know, you talked earlier about oh, crisis dear. management. What's what's the what's the most kind of? We haven't really had a business fire. fire. We really haven't. We've really agreed. I think the business is for the girls, very creative, and I think they have a lot of fun. So it's not the kind of thing where they're not competitive with each other um, in that way. So I think they enjoy, you know, the conversations and the just all the stuff that goes along with building their brands, and they really are excited about it. But probably the biggest conflict we've had recently is um, just the girls internally, which... What? Well... What are you talking about? Oh, that stuff that you guys were filming when we were filming last time. I have no idea what it you're talking brutal. about. It was brutal. You'll have to tune in At and watch. the Christmas card? Keeping up. The first fight of the Christmas. It's usually the has to do with someone being late and disrespectful and the sisters that work a little bit more than the other sisters should get it the It was a major blowout. Oh. Let me just tell you. Just be on time when we have things to do. So when a blowout like that happens, mm -hmm. and I'm being serious, like, you're all working, you have this master plan, you work together, there's this spreadsheet, like, how do you get it all back so you're aligned and happy again? I think it helps that they're related. I think that's the, the secret sauce, is that it's forgotten in 10 minutes. Like, they'll have a blowout. Not this last fight that she was talking about, though. It is, like, strung out over the first three episodes of our next season that airs next month. Nice but, little um, plug there. Yeah, but when I think <laughs> about it, I do get really mad. It's basically just like people being disrespectful. Oh, I guess... It's the one thing that really gets me. Okay. I guess we'll all have to tune in <laughs> to know what the blowout is about. Um, I think it's lucky, though, that, that we are family and that we are so close and there's a lot of love there because if you were 
behaving like this with non-family members, that would be a little bit more difficult to get over. <laughs> oh. Kim's like, I'm done. Don't say me behaving like this. I'll talk about Courtney behaving like that. All right. Okay, we'll All get right. into it in the we're, car. We're Kim. getting some real we'll get family drama going on. I love it. Um, the other thing that being a Kardashian yes. um, means is having to deal with the constant media cycle. There's stuff that will happen somewhere with someone that you're related to, that someone you're not related to. Um, it could be with Kanye. It could be with, you know, an ex of one of your sisters. Something happens and the whole Kardashian brand is all over the internet in this like constant cycle of news. Yeah. How does that sync up with trying to build a brand that's also got Kardashian in it? Like how do you, you know, you're building this like aspirational beauty brand and then there's like all this Kardashian stuff all over the internet and, you know, there's all a backlash about something. Well, in these times, there's backlash if you sneeze. So I think we if just... If you sneeze, there's backlash. If anyone sneezes. It's really, it's gotten really out of hand. But I think that the way my family and I have always dealt with everything is we know we have each other, nothing else really matters. So at the end of the day, this could all go away and we, we all have each other and we're confident in that. So we're always gonna be who we are. And if one of us is fighting with, you know, a boyfriend or an ex or whatever the examples you were giving, I mean, we all know what it is. Like we all know we support each other and we love each other and a part of all of that craziness has given us the platform to have our brands. Right. So, I mean, it seems like these days we just want to like lay low and stay out of the drama and focus on business, but all of that stuff just comes along with it and we know that. Your mom said earlier that um, she learned from you how to manage a PR crisis on social media. So can you teach us all for, and if, if it applies to all of us, if there's some PR crisis that happens, what's your top tip for nipping it in the bud? How do you deal with that? It really depends on the situation because sometimes you have to speak up and you have to explain what it is because like these days if you tell a joke and you're in an interview but then it's written out on print, it won't translate. So sometimes there's those like moments where you have to explain yourself and then sometimes there's those moments when you just shouldn't explain yourself because if it gets twisted and it just isn't worth the explanation and it's just too, like sometimes it's so much on your soul, like all the nonsense and all the, the negativity that there's definitely time and places when you need to set the record straight but then sometimes it's just not worth that, that energy. How do you know what, which situation is which? Like, can you give us an example of a situation where you knew you had to speak up and, 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 and say something? Sometimes it's just a feeling. Yeah. Like uh, my sister Kendall, she was caught up in something that she didn't really have a lot of control over. She wanted to speak out so badly and she was, you know, advised not to. And I advised her to, you know, maybe on our show where you feel safe, where you're doing, you know, just an interview where you can just pour your heart out and explain yourself. What was that situation? Oh, my mom's going to get mad at me if I bring it up. Just yeah, a situation. Um, I mean, so it just depends, you know, if you're 
it, it really is a feeling of when you should speak up and when you shouldn't. Okay. Um, a big part of the success, she did the right thing, right, Chris? She just looked to you there for... Yeah. Yeah, all right. She's uh, so good. See if she gave me those, like, daggers in your eyes look. <laughs> see, she can't even see from the back of her head. She's not even looking at me, and she This knows. is that whole mastermind thing. Yeah, they even, they even it is. Know. Um, a big part of the success, of course, of the whole Kardashian phenomenon is the television show. One day, that show might not be around, right? Like, do you, or, well, or do you see it's gonna be here it, forever. You, really? Yeah. How? North gets married. Yeah, how? <laughs> right? She doesn't. I used to say that about Kylie when she was like, what was she, 10? You used to say, season 17, Kylie has a baby. And we all yeah. looked at each other and was like, like oh, what? shit, that just yeah. happened. See? Mastermind. <laughs> but could, could the businesses, theoretically speaking, in, a, in an imaginary world, could the businesses continue without the television show? Oh, I think so. I think there's many examples of girls who are friends of my kids and Kim and everybody that did reality shows way before we did one, and they had businesses that they developed five years after their show ended. So I think it's, you know, I think it has something to do with um, their presence on social media and just the different things yeah, that I they do. I think now with social media, social media really is its own show. You can have a business with or without being visible on TV, but we love what we do. We hope it continues for a long time. When North gets married? Right. No, I don't think that'll, I don't think that'll fly with Kanye, but um, you never know. All right. Um, last questions, and then I think we're going to take some questions from the audience. So if you have a question, or if you, if you want to ask a question, start thinking about it. Uh, what does the future hold from here? I mean, I was, you know, quite um, moved by the, by the recent intervention that you made. Um, in, in that prison reform situation when you went to the White House. I thought that was a really incredible way to use your reach. But do you, do you see, you know, so you've gone from like reality star to social media sensation to, you know, beauty entrepreneur to activist. Like, if there's a plan, like a master plan, do you have an idea of where it's going next? I really love what I do, and I think um, the success that we had um, pardoning Alice, the woman that was in prison, was so um, deeply touching to my soul that I don't want to stop with just one person. And um, I, I saw you sent out another tweet to the governor of California about yes, that. Yeah. Yes, and I... Um, there's, you know, some positive things happening with that that um, I'm excited about. I, I was telling my mom, you won't believe I just got home and I have like a stack of letters from prison. Really? So I have to start going through them. But um, I mean, I didn't plan on being an activist. I just did something that I thought was the right thing to do. And I felt like I had the resources to do it. But the feeling that it gave me, I, I, I definitely want to see my life continuing in that area because that was just um, really satisfying. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I thought it was a really powerful way to use your reach and, uh, and a really important um, cause because obviously there's lots of 
lots of situations like that, as we all know. So I want to thank uh, Kim and Chris for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the BOF podcast. Before we sign off, I wanted to let you in on a little secret about a new podcast series we're launching next week called Drive, delivered by DHL. Here's a little taste. If you're interested in building your own business or just thinking about starting one or simply fascinated by fashion and entrepreneurship, Drive gives you insider access to the entrepreneurs shaping the fashion industry. We hope you'll enjoy hearing their stories of entrepreneurship. Welcome to Drive. Stay tuned to our trailer next week, sign up to our Daily Digest newsletter, and get all of the details about Drive in the description for this episode. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. The EY Tech Connect podcast brings you candid conversations about the most pressing priorities facing tech, media and entertainment, and telecommunications companies, and provides strategic insights on the key issues that matter to them, including topics such as the top 10 opportunities in tech, the next generation of gaming, the future of connectivity and content, and the latest talent strategies. The EY Tech Connect podcast is out now. Download today from wherever you get your podcasts.